Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. Four cables, connectors, and more. Call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the ham station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's ham radio. everyone this is ham talk live episode number 45 antenna building 101 with emmett hohensee the third wq8w0qh recorded live on thursday december 29th 2016 i'm your host neil rapp wb9vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live sorry we're a little late my guest was talking and he said i could blame him so i'll I'll, I'll blame Emmett. So, uh, anyway, tonight we're joined uh, by Emmett W0QH, and he will be taking your questions about antenna building and making antennas out of stuff you already have. And we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. I'll let you know when to do that. Last week on the show, Brian Lynn, KD0HII, was here to talk about the meaning of 75 and the Christian Amateur Radio Fellowship. Uh, so if you missed out on what 75 means, give a listen. Um, it's on hamtalklive.com in the archive, and uh, you can also get that on most podcasting services like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and or even over on YouTube. So get your antenna questions ready to go. After the interview, you can call us on Skype, the username is Ham Talk Live, or you can just call us by regular old telephone. That number is 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. You can also tweet your questions if you want. Uh, that's at Ham Talk Live. We already have one, so I'll get to that in a minute, and uh, we'll take your calls. So I'll be back with Emmett right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. 
Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a Hamfest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and ham sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Two antennas met on a roof, fell in love, and got married. The ceremony wasn't much, but the reception was excellent. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. We'd like to thank Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. They're taking a break from the Hamfest tour for a couple of weeks, but they'll be back at it. On January 14th in Orlando at the University of Central Florida. And then they'll be in Fort Myers, Florida, St. Charles, Illinois, and Collinsville, Illinois. So until then, give them a call at 920-435-2973 or visit their website at pl-259.com and tell them you heard it here on Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on HamTalkLive.com. And if you miss the show, you can listen to the archive on the website or download it from most popular podcasting websites. Emmett Honesy III, W0QH, is the chief engineer at Radio Waves in the St. Louis, Missouri metro area. Emmett designs and builds custom antennas for both amateur and commercial radio. Uh, he's been on numerous ham radio podcasts teaching about antennas and was instrumental in the operation of the W8D Dayton Hamvention Superstation. And we may uh, even talk about that uh, for next year a little bit this evening. Uh, he also uh, recently helped activate the Dry Tortugas National Parks, um, as opposed to the Wet Tortugas, I guess. Um, anyway, they had a de-expedition there, and he helped out with that. And his company, Radio Waves, is also a proud co-sponsor of the Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year Award. You can visit Radio Waves online at Radio Waves with a Z. That's Radio Waves, W-A-V-Z dot com. So, Emmett, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Scott. It's Neil. I'm sorry. I'm someplace else. Tonight. <laughs> I was just. I was just We're talking uh, about Scott. And no, yeah, I was yeah. thinking about. It was. It's funny. I've got a, a, a. I was just looking at a picture of him when he's at this electrical exhibit of someone who got electrocuted, and then he's like standing right next to it. <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, no, I, I. I. I had. I had my mind on Scott for just a second. Sorry about that. My. I kind of went went off on us, but uh, Neil, it's uh, it's an honor to be here with you, man. It's good good hearing you again and seeing you again earlier today. And sorry, I uh, got you so involved in our conversation that uh, we missed the start time of the show. 
yeah, we were getting ready and we were, we got talking about something and then all of a sudden I looked up and oh, it's two it, it's two after. So sorry about that, folks. Yeah, but, we were yeah, we were talking to uh, we were talking about Scott, of course. Or actually, oh, no, it was, yeah. it was or was it Christian? I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah one of the one of those guys. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, Let's get into the to the antennas, and, I, and we want to have some fun with this tonight. Uh, and one of the things I know that you're interested in is, is you know making stuff out of, of stuff you got laying around. Um, but first, let's let's talk about just a, a basic antenna build. Let's say that you know the sunspot cycle's awful. The the bands have needed cardiopulmonary resuscitation here lately. Uh, and, you know, 160 is, is going to be a, a better option for the next few years. So let's say I decide I want to put up an antenna for 160. What do you suggest? Well, my one go-to antenna for a single band operation, as far as a wire type antenna, would be a simple double bazooka. Uh, the quickest installation would be a dipole, but the quietest would be the double bazooka because you have a little bit more gain. It's quieter, and it um, has a little bit more bandwidth than your normal dipole. Very good. You want to give the, the newbies out there a little explanation on, on what the double bazooka is, by the oh, way? Oh, sure. The double bazooka is basically an antenna that's made out of coax. And what we've done is we've um, taken what, we, what you'd can call a folded dipole and put basically the element that would be, you know, let's say the top element, and that's actually the, the center conductor of the coax. And then on the ends, uh, most people don't realize this, but those those end wires, really all they are are tuning stubs. They are meant to make the antenna resonate at the specific frequency at 50 ohms, which is nice. Very good. And well, well, what, what this does is it basically yeah. creates like a loop type antenna. It gives you like some of the benefits of a loop antenna, which is very quiet. It res, you know reduces the noise that you would normally hear from, let's say, you know, magnetic type uh, devices like motors and and you know someone's bad uh, someone's bad uh, ignition system as they drive by, and I can't begin to tell you how many times, you know, like the dump truck is driving down the street and they've got a bad you know uh, glow plug or something like that, and you can hear it just whining as it goes goes down the street, almost in stereo. <laughs> you know, but. Uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Well, uh, and and a one sixty loop. Well, you'd have to have some yeah, real, you'd need, real you'd estate need, for that. Yeah, you'd need about five hundred feet for that, and that's the that's an alternative to having something like a loop. Would be something like the double bazooka. It's designed just for that one frequency. Um, especially, um, it's a high performance antenna for one frequency, and that's the way we like to describe it. We've got a couple uh, serious uh, DXers, and also pe- people who like to um, compete in different competitions that like to use the double bazooka as a spotter type antenna, and then they'll use their beams and whatever uh, and point it in the direction that they, they you know, that they hear uh, the signals coming from. But for the most part, it's it's an excellent antenna to, to play with if you have one band and one band only you want to play on, and that would be the double bazooka. Then, of course, the next one would be 
a simple dipole, which is basically you know two wires with a with a matching not a matching section, but a, a simple balin that uh, you would put up in the middle. And you don't even necessarily have to go out and buy a balin; you can make one yourself fairly simply. Um, and we can probably get into that in a little bit as we uh, get into the discussion of uh, antennas one hundred one. Yeah, great. Well, you mentioned that you know having to improvise is, is always something that that we need to do and and yeah i i learned that this fall in in some contesting and our main antenna went down and we had to to improvise uh but one of the things i wanted to ask you about is something that uh at the dayton youth forum a few years ago there was a high school club which which i do uh but this was a different high school club and they had a crazy antenna building contest. That was one of their activities where they just took any kind of random object and, and tried to load it up. So they had ladders. They had shopping carts from the grocery store. They had light poles. Uh, what advice do you have about trying to make one of these with just some random objects like that? Oh man, um, yes. Uh, one of the things that one of the things that you and I were discussing earlier when we uh, before we were on the air and we ended up starting late um, was was how we in the beginning back when I was young <laughs> that did happen once uh, back when I was young um, back in the day yeah when you had to walk but, to school uphill both much. ways yep, through ten feet of zero. snow That's in right. the middle of a Sharknado. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, it was 20 below zero quite often where I was coming to school. <laughs> but that's another story. But uh, the thing was is I wanted to – and believe it or not, this was about when I was about seven years old. I wanted to listen to the Omaha Royals play baseball. And I, of course, couldn't didn't have a radio to, to listen to it, and I couldn't – and my parents – you know, back then we didn't necessarily have the money to just buy me a radio so that I can listen to it. So they did the sec- the next best thing. They took me to the to the library, and I found a book on radios, and uh, I found the plans for a uh, a cat whisker type radio, and I built that thing. And it, that's that's when I first started getting in trouble because it was it was really simple. It was wire with a toilet paper roll, uh, a razor blade, a uh, a pencil lead back when they used real, you know, pencil leads, a, um, uh, uh, a hair, not a hairpin, but a, uh, <clears throat> like a, not, oh, what kind of a bobby a, pin? Yeah. A bobby pin. And, um, the, uh, the, the speaker <laughs> was our phone back, the, back when, when, you know, back when I did this, this was when you still had to lease your phone from Bell. And um, needless to say, I got in so much trouble from my dad because I took that speak. I took the phone apart, took the head, took the uh, the speaker part out, and used it for my radio. And then I tried sneaking it back, and I didn't get it back in time. But uh, it was it was funny. That's how I started, and it was literally the the wire I found was just wire that was. Uh, you know, the phone guys had a whole bunch of wire that was just kind of laying around over by a place where my dad worked. And uh, they said, yeah, go ahead and take that spool right over there. And it was just basically that, uh, you know, your simple single pair type wire. And um, I measured things out. I coiled everything up on the toilet paper roll. I did all the things that, that they said in the instructions. And I built my own antenna. My first antenna was out was made out of a extension cord, one of those um, – 
you know, like it was at back at the time it was a Christmas tree uh, extension cord. So it was like about a 30 foot wire and I just split it in half and stuck it out, stuck both legs outside and, and brought it in. So it was like a, a small miniature doublet and it was amazing. I could pick up so many things. It was a lot more than just, uh, uh, the Omaha Royals baseball, it was the world. And from that point on, um, I've been, I mean, it was literally that, that was like the light bulb came on and it hasn't shut off yet or burnt out yet or burnt out yet. Yeah. So what, what do you think of this, the shopping cart thing? I love it. <laughs> I it, it actually worked. They made it. Yep. You had, the rule was you had to make one contact with it. Right. Or it didn't count. Yep. And it worked. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I've seen people load, um, uh, you know, like those uh, those aluminum chairs that you that you get for sitting out on the beach or going out places. Um, I've uh, I myself have done like uh, I've taken a, a soda can. I'll cut off the top, cut off the bottom, and then I use like scissors and I cut cut it into one continuous wire. Effectively, you'd be surprised. You could get almost sixteen feet of wire off of a soda can. Um, it's flat, it's very fragile, but you have about 16 feet, which if you were to figure that out, what would 16 feet times two give us, uh, real quick? Oh, that'd be about 20 meters, wouldn't it? And then it would be, uh, a quarter wave on, uh, on 40. So, you know, you could do a lot with, with practically nothing. It's just a matter of allowing your mind to imagine what you can do with, with, with what you've got. And, um, as a exercise back in the day when I was in the military or even before, well, actually around the time when I was in the military, um, my, our life was all about, you know, constantly testing ourselves, constantly, um, pushing an envelope, constantly making ourselves uncomfortable, putting ourselves in situations where, um, we didn't have everything we needed to do our job. So we had to work with what we had in the field. And trust me, Neil, sometimes the places that I was at, uh, there was nothing in the field. <laughs> so it's it's you, you, it, you got to be really creative really quick on uh, making things work. And when you knew lives were on the line, um, you know, there's 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 that added incentive of making things work. Um, j- j- just real quick, we do have at our website at www.radiowaves, that's R-A-D-I-O-W-A-V-Z dot com, I've got a section set up. It's called Antenna data and information. So if you go to our website and you look at the top bar, you'll see a section called antenna data and information. In there, you'll have, uh, if you go to that, that location, I've got a thing called, I've got a section called antenna systems with several downloads. And a couple of these downloads are really handy downloads to have. One was a slide rule that I designed for ICOM radio. It uh, pretty much gives you the, the links and everything. All you do is you just download the PDF, cut it out, and put it together. The other one is a real slide rule, Neil, and you've got the, that one, don't you? The, the, yeah, the uh, real one. I do, actually. Slide rule. Um, that is a tool that I use, believe it or not, just about every day, mainly because it's so much quicker than typing in everything to get the right answer. Um, of course, on my wheel, I've got little cheats that I've already, you know, over the years I've put in it. But what's so cool about it is um, you can pretty much pick a frequency, and it'll give you an idea about the length of wire that you need to work with. The other downloads, by the way, on the website are Antennas and Propagation, which this is the Army manual on, you know, basic antenna theory, 
basic propagation. And by understanding just those two things, you'd be surprised at, at uh, how much of the world gets opened up to you because you can figure out uh, fairly quickly uh, what you need to do to make things work. And there's a whole section in there in that manual on uh, field improvised antennas. And uh, that's something we'll continue to talk about. And then, of course, you have the regular radio wave slide rule, and then you have the U.S. Army antenna systems. And then I'm not going to be prejudiced. We also have the U.S. Marine antenna manual. It's got more pictures in it. Oh, it has more pictures. I I, I see. <laughs> yeah, we don't we, we don't want to start another, <laughs> another, another battle those. here. Yeah, yeah there we yeah, go. Okay. All right, so before we take a break here, um, and then we're going to take some calls, um, what about a little more traditional antenna? We've talked about the crazy antennas like the shopping Mm -hmm. cart, but just stuff laying around at home that you may have already, what Mm -hmm. do you suggest for making a more traditional, actual performing antenna? Okay, I'm going to give you a number. It's a special number. It's a key number. It's a number that if you can remember this number, you can probably have the key to figure out just about everything that you need. Four, six, eight. Everyone get a pen and paper and write this special number down. Four, six, eight. What do you think that number is, Neil? Uh, That would be the speed of light converted to meters or feet. Feet for wavelength. That's correct. And then, of course, there's a little bit of an adjustment for it for, you know, because we're going to be using thin wire instead of super wide wire. But with that number, that's a half wavelength. So you take whatever frequency you think you're going to be working on, divide that by 468, and that's the total length of wire you need to have a resonant wire on the frequency that you want to operate on. And then you can cut that in half, and then you have your basic dipole. Now, because I'm a scientist, mm-hmm. I, I, I have to give out the other number. Please. And that's 300. Yes. In meters. Believe it or not, I actually use meters more than I do imperial (laughs) because it's just so much simpler to work with for me. I like tens. It's easier to work instead of fractions. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I try to convince people of that. Sometimes it's difficult. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's hard to change our ways. And uh, I understand that. But for... You know, just like you said, on this from the scientific standpoint, by not dealing with fractions, but by dealing with uh, tens, it's easier to work and it's quicker to calculate too. Yep, sure is. Okay, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're going into a break. No, you're no, no, you're good. Go ahead and and so what do we do with the four sixty eight? Okay, you take the four sixty eight. You divide that by the frequency that you think you're going to operate on. So let's go with uh, 468 divided by 14.1. Okay, and that will give you a number. I don't have my calculator with me. Uh, But it will give you a number around 16 and a half feet long. Okay. Uh, Actually, 33, around 33 feet. And what will happen there is you take that number and you divide that by 2. Okay, once you've got that number, which should be about 16 and a half feet, that's the length of wire you need for each side of the dipole. And what you'll do is you'll take, uh, like you could take an extension cord, you could take some spare wire, some old phone wire. I can't begin to tell you how many phone, how many antennas I've made out of telephone wire. Um, scrap wire. Um, pull it to the, you know, pull it to the length, cut it, 
and then uh, try and put it together in uh, – if you have a piece of coax, you can go ahead and connect it to the coax. If you don't have coax, you can make something like a doublet. Uh, or what you can do is at that point, at that 16 – you know, the center point, you can go ahead and twist the wires together all the way down, and that becomes a balanced uh, feed all the way down. And in many cases, believe it or not, just like that, it should it almost work without having to mess with uh, tuning or, or anything like that. Sometimes if you have to do tuning, you can sim- do something like a common mode type choke. With twin lead, it's not as easy, but what you have to do is um, you just give it a couple more twists at the top, towards the top of the antenna, or you change the angle of the antenna. In other words, you either lower the center so that you know the things are more level, or you you drop the legs down so they're a little bit at a higher angle. And believe it or not, that will have a tendency of changing the overall impedance of the antenna. So this is kind of interesting with the dipole. Most people don't realize is that at uh, an antenna that's a dipole at a flat top is 75 ohms. And that's why we use that, that one-to-one bailing, that, you, that voltage bailing or the current bailing that you hear about so much. Or if you set it up as an inverted V, it becomes closer to, to 50 ohms. So what, what happens is by changing the uh, angle of the wire, you can actually change the impedance of the antenna without having to mess with matching sections and stuff like that. Very good. We are going to take a break. Uh, we're going to pay some of the bills. But uh, we're going to come back, and uh, when we do... Who's that bill guy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he started Microsoft, if, if I remember right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we come back, we're going to um, take your calls. So uh, get ready for that. I'll let you know when, but uh, we're going to take your calls here in just a minute after this message from the Ham Station, right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by The Ham Station. For over 37 years, The Ham Station has sold new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to hams everywhere. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yezu, and Kenwood, and they have a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, and Amplifiers by Mirage and Ameritron, Cushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online ordering is at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373 to place an order and talk it over with the experts. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Oh yeah, you're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live, the ham station, as you covered for used equipment and new equipment. Give Jeff or Dan a call at 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com and tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live. Be sure to listen to Ham Talk Live every Thursday night live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. 
All you have to do is go to hamtalklive.com. Also, check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Just search for Ham Talk Live. So it's time for your calls now. If you have an antenna question for Emmett, call 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype your question at Ham Talk Live, or you can tweet at Ham Talk Live. Uh, we do have one question here on Twitter. We will start off with uh, from Air Dispatcher LAS and wants to know, um, I want to build antennas. Do you need an antenna analyzer? And if so, uh, oh, hang on here a second. Let me turn you back on here. Uh, and if so, which one is best? Which antenna analyzer is best? And your thoughts on the MFJ269C? Wow, good question. Um, technically, an analyzer is an excellent tool to have in your your. Uh, your shack at just about any given time. There actually, there's a couple things that, you know, if you have the ability and you have the the funding for it, um, you know, an analyzer is always a good thing. You could also go with a noise bridge, which doesn't cost as much and gives you about the same information. Uh, definitely, you need a dummy load, a good dummy load, because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna use it as a diagnostic tool to determine if like your coax is bad or something. But for the most part, yes, an analyzer is something that should, should, if you can afford it and you want, you can get it, definitely have one in your shack. Otherwise, there are other ways of tuning an antenna, believe it or not, that uh, you don't necessarily need an analyzer. Although I will admit I carry an analyzer with me just about every time I go in the field. And you're not going to believe this, ant- this analyzer is the, uh, is the, uh, uh, MFJ223. It's a little itty bitty thing that quite literally fits into your pocket. Um, it's accurate enough to give me an idea of what's going on with the antenna. Um, and it, it allows me to get into the area that I want to get into. I like the 223. Uh, it also has a nice little color uh, display. And it's also good for when we're at shows to show people this is what the antenna does. The, uh, the question on the uh, MFJ. Uh, 269 um, C, believe it or not, we have one at, at just about every spot in our shop. In other words, our, everyone on every, every bench has at least one of those and analyzers there, because um, the the thing we discovered about the those the 269 series products is that they're fundamental circuits, which means they're easier to work with. Um, and they give us the, the the answers that we're actually looking for when we're trying to, let's say, tune a infed half wave antenna uh, component. We literally, you know, when we build our infed half wave antennas, we hand tune each of those coils. And uh, these analyzers have proven to be, you know, the the most efficient and the easiest for our guys to to basically work with. There's a lot of other analyzers out there like rig. Um, Rig Pro. Um, I also have an uh, what's called Mini VNA, which I love a lot. Um, I take it with me too, especially when I'm doing uh, some cer- certain types of engineering work. When I need to have a lot more complex, uh, you know, uh, let's just say telemetry information and so on about what's going on on the antenna or the circuit or the or the filter or whatever. Um, so yeah. It, uh, 
Quick, uh, a long answer to a short question was yes. If you can get a VNA or a um, an analyzer, that would be good. I definitely like the uh, the two sixty nine. Matter of fact, I have an MFJ two sixty nine that I purchased back in nineteen ninety seven, I think, and it's still in service. Um, I've taken that that one analyzer has literally helped me to put together something on the order of seventy five FM radio stations in Africa. Uh, so needless to say, that was the one tool that I had with me to put together a lot of different things in, in the field. And it's durable and it still works. Very good. Oh, well, we've got a caller on the line here. Who's this? Uh, yes, sir. This is uh, Tony Ridland from Kokomo, Indiana. KC9QVE is my call sign. And my question was, I uh, run HF with a 120-foot wire outside my one-level department uh, building. <laughs> And uh, a lot of times in the winter, you know, with the ice and snow and stuff, a lot of times the weight of the ice sometimes makes that thin wire. Although we've, uh, my ham buddies have helped me upgrade with like a thicker black wire than what we used last winter. A lot of times it comes apart and I have a, uh, portable MFJ. But yeah, the model number here right in front of me. Let's see if I can find the crazy thing. Oh, 1621, but it's just for 40 through 10. My question, I guess, is, is there a more efficient, indoor antenna element that could just be put indoors uh, in my shack so like in the winter much especially I won't have to worry about it breaking again for like the sixth or seventh time in the last two or three winters is are you talking about it's like a, a it's a it's a coil the 1641 yeah. okay yeah, yeah. That, some sometimes that helps um the uh if you have like a, a porch or something like that and you lose your 120-foot wire because of bad weather, it doesn't hurt to have. Um, I've gone as far as just using a like a like uh, one of those telescoping stainless steel whip antennas that they sell uh, with a coil, and I literally attach sure. it to, let's say, the, the, uh, the porch, you know, the, uh, somewhere on the porch, and then I'll either run it what's called a counterpoise where mm-hmm. I run a couple wires down below, or I'll just connect to the steel railing and use that as my counterpoise or ground plane. Um, you'd be surprised what you can do with uh, with something very simple. And the nice thing about having that coil is it allows you to kind of fine tune things by moving, you know, your your alligator clip up and down the coil to get you the best signal. And of course, if you don't have an analyzer, what you do is you go to your radio, you turn your AGC off. And you just start moving things up and down until you hear the maximum static. If you can find a dead spot on the on the band, and uh, what you do is you just go for the, the the loudest noise, and that will generally tell you that you're pretty much in the area you want to be. All right, well, gentlemen, I appreciate the information, and I uh, uh, hope you get a whole lot uh, more info on the podcast this evening. And you take uh, several more calls with uh, even more questions, probably even better than the one that I asked. Appreciate it very much. Seventy three. Uh- Seven three. That Thanks was a for good question, Tony. Yeah. That what Tony? That was a very good question, by the way, because it's you know how many times do we have one antenna and the next thing you know it's not working anymore? What are we going to do? Um, right. I have, I've had that happen so many times. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we had one example was out on the Batfish, the USS Batfish, which is a submarine. Uh, the tornado took out the main antennas and the uh, the big loop antenna. So you know it was all about trying to come up with. Uh, come up with, uh, you know, what can we do to get on the air? And it was quite interesting, the different things we came up with. And, of course, we did get on the air. But, um, yeah, you're going in the right direction, Tony. All right, appreciate you very much. Happy 2017 to both of you. All right, bye-bye.
Thanks, Tony. Right, bye-bye. And we've got another call on the line. It's Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT. Good evening, Karen. Hey, good evening. How's everything going there? Excellent. It's really nice. It's not too cold, not too hot. Actually, I'm down in my lab, so I can't tell you what the temperature is outside. I was going to say, as, as long as you're not frozen where you can't move and as long as you aren't too hot, you're, you're, you're doing good. I have a question I'm planning ahead, actually, for the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe you can help me out. I'm a relative radio rookie. I, I've got my ticket maybe three years, uh, not quite. And everything I have in my shack right now is kind of off the shelf. I've done no building. Uh, I wanted to get up and running. I think 2017 is going to be the year for me to get out into the parks. I don't know that I'll be doing any summits, but it, when it's beautiful out, who wants to be indoors? Can you suggest for me, uh, as a, a relative newbie, an antenna that I can use, preferably for one or two bands, uh, but if I can, if my option is only one band, what would be a good HF antenna for me to try building and setting up myself on site. That would that would really get things rolling for me in the spring, I think. You know what? You've touched, Karen, thank you for calling. Um, you've really touched on a, on a very good topic right there. Um, one thing that I really appreciated about the uh, National Parks on the Air is the huge mobilization of people getting out and just experiencing nature and having fun and enjoying their, 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 their hobby. And, um, Karen, I will tell you this. Whenever I go somewhere, I always generally have a HF radio of some kind with me. And I will, I will take one or two different types of antennas. The first antenna is one of our in-fed half-wave antennas. It's an all-band antenna. It's not the most efficient antenna in the world. However, it is a good antenna to get on the air and literally talk around the world on with not a lot of power. Uh, it's about 33 feet long, so it's not that hard to, you know, if you had something like a push-up pole or you could throw something up in a tree just running, you know, that, that wire somewhere. Um, it, it doesn't take too much to get on the air. The other one is is uh, an in-fed. I'd like to kind of go with the in-feds, especially with real quick mobile type stuff, uh, because you don't want to be running a whole lot of wire. You don't want to attract a huge amount of attention to yourself as far as all the stuff you're setting up. And plus, we want to have fun when we go out, so we don't want to spend all our time setting things up just to have about five minutes on the radio. Uh, the other antenna is a uh, Infed Halfwave 402010, and what that gives you is it gives you 40 meters, 20 meters, and 10 meters without a tuner, and um, it's a very efficient uh, Infed. The reason why I kind of like it is because it is a a, a full 20 meter half-wave antenna. It's a full wavelength 10 meter antenna, and it's kind of uh, you know it's a compromise on the 40 meter side, but you can definitely get out. And uh, those are two antennas that I really like, especially going out in the field. Uh, every year uh, around the 4th of July, I like to uh, visit my daughter up in Boston, around Boston, or actually in, in New Hampshire. And uh, I have a tendency of climbing up Mount Monadnock. And uh, what I like to do is go up on top of the mountain, and I'll set up a, a little HF radio with an antenna. And generally, believe it or not, that antenna is one of our in. Uh, not an in-fed half-wave, but it's a uh, uh, one of our like a 40-meter off-center fed, which gives me you know some pretty good gain on 20. I get 40 as a resonant uh, 
as a resonant component. And then I can sometimes get 15 in and I can get a lot of the other bands in. Um, and I really like that as far as just being able to get out in the field and do something. It's light. It's easy. It fits in a pencil case. Um, and you're on the air. And that's that's the key thing. Yeah, I appreciate that because uh, when I get to the site, I envision myself unpacking and then saying, all right, I'm now going to kill two hours trying to figure out how to set up the antenna. And basically, I want to plug and play. It yeah. sounds like this, this would be the ticket for that. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, sometimes pre-planning, is, if you can put like your radio, um, they sell these Pelican cases at Sam's. Uh, for $15, you could probably put your radio in, a, in the battery or if you have a small, uh, don't don't get a big car battery or anything like that. Um, you can get these lighter weight batteries that will give you like 12 to, let's say, 20 amp hours of, of power, which will give you a couple hours without having to worry about charging things. Um, and then just kind of have everything uh, figured out before you go out. And if you just, as you keep doing it, make little notes and, and tune your kit so that way, um, when you get out there, you, you, you connect the coax to the, to the antenna. The antenna goes up on your uh, push-up uh, fiberglass pole. You can either get those through, like, MFJ, sell some really good push-up all the way up to 33 feet, or uh, you can go to Walmart and get a crappie pole, a 16-foot crappie pole, and then run your wire up that way. It's, it's Just keep it simple. Don't make it complicated. Um, cause you really, the whole idea of you going out there in the first place is enjoy the environment, enjoy the, you know, enjoy the ambiance and have some fun with your hobby. That I would like. Yeah. I'm past the age of climbing trees. So yeah, I, like yeah. the idea. <laughs> I like the idea of, of the pole very definitely. Or I can make friends with some of the local squirrels, maybe attach yeah. it. There you acorn. go. There you go. Right. Attach an acorn to one end and, and have them. <laughs> But I think these polls are, are certainly the way to go. Thank you. Thanks very oh, much. No problem. Another thing I carry in my kit, too, just to let you know, is a baseball with an eye hook in it. And what I do is I have uh, I go to I, I pick up some uh, 80 pound test or 50 pound test monofilament line. I tie it to that uh, that baseball and I can throw it up in a tree fairly easy. Um, and I'm using a very lightweight monofilament, not lightweight, but it's 50 pounds. So it's more than enough to hold the antenna. It's, it's not so big that it takes up a ton of, a ton of space. Um, and it's easily, you know, I can easily take it back whenever I want. Okay. I throw like a girl. (laughs) Well, that's, that's just, that's just it. You know, you take a small baseball, you get, you can just start swinging it like you're swinging your purse and it's throw (laughs) I'll throw. I'll end up throwing my purse up in the tree. <laughs> there you go. Tie it to your purse. That's perfect. There you go. There you go. I like that idea too. Great. These are all really helpful because it's going to be a long winter, and I'm going to yes. need something uh, to keep me going till spring. But you're right. National parks on the air. If it did nothing else, and it, it did a lot more than than you know just this, but it, it inspired me to get myself back out. Uh, I worked one park and had a real blast, and I, I said, you know what? I've got to be doing more of this in the year to come. So this will definitely get me started because the antenna was an issue for me. I said, what am I going to do with an antenna? Yeah. And, just uh, you, just yeah. look at that. Just look at something like a simple push-up hole. Uh, InFed antenna is the easiest of all. So something like the InFed half-wave uh, 402010, um, uh, a Pathfinder always works. Um 
and what you can do too, just for the fun of it, on a not so terrible day outside, uh, pretend like you're going out to the park and set your stuff up out on your back porch. I can't begin to tell you how many times Rochelle and I have sat out on our back porch on a night and I literally set stuff up and we just talk on the radio with everything I just set up on the porch. I'm not using our main antennas. I'm just using what I would normally take in the field. And we have a ball and we have a nice little fire and, you know, it's kind of cozy and comfy. And, you know, it just it it's we're practicing in, in an indirect way. I'm practicing, you know, for when I do go in the field. But yet that's, I'm having fun doing it at home. That's right. And by the time in my case, by the time I get out into the field, I will have already done it. It'll be. We hope second nature. That's yeah. good. That's You've already good. worked out your kinks. You haven't discovered that you're missing half the stuff you need to get on the air. So because mm-hmm. you've already done it at home and you put it in a little case, you keep it simple, keep it light, and uh, you'll have fun. All right, I'm gonna to have to I'm gonna to have to cut you off here. Uh, we're almost out of time, but we'll we'll keep going. And we've got another question on Twitter. We'll we'll get that by email and Emmett. We may have to do this again so anyway that's a wrap uh for this edition of ham talk live thanks to emmett from radio waves and everyone out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in and invite you back next thursday night at 9 p.m eastern time when dave anderson k4sv will be here to talk about rig comparisons and beverage antennas and for a list of all of our upcoming guests visit hamtalklive.com so for now this is neil rapp wb9vpg saying 7375 and may the good dx be yours